I'm your host, Sean Lenny. I'm joined by John Otney, Colin Westman, and no Matt Carstens. As far as I can tell, he's out there uh, redefining uh, what what it is to be the news in Central Washington. Um, so he's not going to be with us tonight as we uh, pay tribute to the very first episode of this podcast by talking about our favorite. TV shows of the last year. I thought you were going to segue into talking about the newsroom again. <laughs> when you said he was redefining the news. But you're done with that, right? On, on the newsroom, they like talk about themselves like they're Don Quixote a lot. Like They bring up Don Quixote all the time. Uh-huh. Which I don't think is a great move for the show to just like spell out its influences like is that cool now to just like not be subtle yeah to just like straight up say it <laughs> this is what's going on it's like this I don't know I don't think that show's very cool so probably not it doesn't seem that cool um, but if you are just joining us, three years ago, almost to the day, it was uh, January 19th, 2012, we did our very first podcast, Top 10 TV Shows of 2011. You talked about day. Work It, Sean, remember that? Talked about what? <laughs> Some... <laughs> that is Some... the correct response. It, it was a sitcom uh, that was about two guys in drag, and you talked about it. So this is like the Work It Memorial podcast. <laughs> it's just yeah. funny because it's one of those things where I can look back to that first episode and be like, wow, that is something that's totally forgotten. Some sort of ancient relic. <laughs> so it's like it's a time capsule now, you know, this this podcast. The distant year, 2011. <laughs> I don't think I either of the guys on that show went on to any success. It wasn't, well, a, it wasn't a Bosom Buddies type deal. <laughs> One of the guys isn't like a huge Academy Award winning actor yet. I mean, yet. It could, could happen. Took Tom Hanks a few years to get there. It's true. So, you want to just get into talking about the shows that we liked? Yeah, so we're playing by our uh, best of the year rules, which are if... Uh, if it's going to be on the list, it had to be on one of our individual top ten lists. Which this you year can... was a little different, because we actually posted our own personal top tens on the blog. Which was interesting. I just felt like they'd be different, and then they were fairly diverse. They actually were. I didn't. There's I so didn't much out there. Be. Yeah. There's too much out there. We have uh, 21 nominees, so yeah, it's pretty, pretty <sighs> easy. 
to do this. Only two shows are on all three of our lists. So, two are those, shows. Are those going to be the automatic one and two? I don't know. We're gonna have to find oh out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so let's start with the um, show that will not be on the list, and that's American Horror Story Freak Show, season four of American Horror Story. This time it's about a freak show. It's in the fifties. It's Florida. It might be the most violent season yet, which is quite an accomplishment because it's always a really gross show. This this season is all about chopping off limbs, though. There's a lot of people losing like hands and heads and and legs, and you always see it or someone getting bifurcated. Uh, very 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 crazy. Bifurcated. What I think that? that's what you call it, right? When you go in half. Uh. Maybe. I don't know. I've never heard that term before. But... I assume Sean which, would Which know. way are we going in half? Are we doing torso legs or are we doing two-faced I see. I feel like I've said too much now because if anyone hears this and hasn't caught up with all the episodes, they're, uh, that's a huge spoiler. In my mind, for some reason, it's always straight down the middle when I hear someone getting Straight down half, the middle? Which is a lot less Like a paper possible. cutter device? <laughs> yeah, or like a guillotine, but you put someone in. But it's like really, I don't even know. Or you're like James Bond. You know, that that could have happened because there is a character played by Sarah Paulson who's Siamese twins, two heads, um, nothing. There's still one episode left, so there's still time. Um, but, and the, the, the performances as, like, like Sarah Paulson's have been very good. Uh, in addition, uh, Michael Chiklis joined the cast and he was very good and angry and sad. Uh, the guy you yeah, love to hate. And there's John Carroll Lynch as a murderous clown. And this guy named Finn Whitrock, who played this character called Dandy Mott, who is this kind of psychopath, mama's boy, rich kid. And he was the best part of the show. Um, but like like most seasons of this, of this show, it kind of loses steam by the end because so many people are usually dead by that point that there's just not enough to keep driving the story and the conflict conflict usually like the main like antagonists or whatever forces i feel like usually get taken out of the picture like at the midpoint so then the the show just kind of goes all off the rails and it's still fun to watch but it's it, i don't know maybe if the seasons were like six episodes long they'd be excellent but the fact that they're 13 it's hard for them to keep that momentum um I don't even know what the last episode could even be about at this point, and it's there's still another one to go, so we'll see. May I ask you a question? Yeah, Johnny Boy. Sure. Um, all I ever hear about this uh, season of the show is that it is violent and gross, and it's about a freak show. But what's it, you know, about? What's the story? I mean, the 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 thing about that is it's it's pretty easy to guess. It's just people like we want to be treated like normal people. And these freaks are trying to find acceptance among the community and among themselves. I mean, everybody has their own motivations. There's a lot of different threads going on. Like the main, I guess you could say the main character, Jessica Lang, who's like the ringmaster. She wants to be a famous singer and she's trying to get attention. Everybody's doing their own thing. Um, it's not just about the guts. There's, there's more than that, but it's, like the, the guts other... is a big part of it. I feel like the other thing I always hear is that the characters sing pop songs at some point for some reason. 
that's this that's only this season. Um, yeah. You know Ryan Murphy, the creator of the show, uh, and Brad Fel- uh, Fulchuk, I think that's his name. They also, of course, created Glee. So okay. they like to get theatrical. And this season, every time there's like a show, like the Freaks put on a show, there's usually a song. And it's it's like a modern, it's usually, or, or not a song that's like exclusive to the 50s. You know, they, they'll, they'll do like a David Bowie song. There's one time they did Nirvana, and that was really bad. Just all, all was songs. Was it just Smells Like Teen Spirit? No, it was Come As You Are. Evan all Peters right. sang that for no reason. <laughs> Uh, all songs that are supposedly by people that felt like alienated or, or considered themselves outcasts. That was kind of mm-hmm. the recurring uh, thing there. And that was kind of fun. But it was also kind of over the top and ridiculous. Uh, but overall, I, I like this season. I don't know where I rank it among the other ones. It's, it might be my second favorite after the first season. Uh, so if, if you know if anyone's curious, I'd definitely recommend this one. Just to recap, there was witches. There's an insane asylum. There's the freak show. And the first season was uh, it's now retroactively been called Murder House because it's about a house with ghosts and uh, it's got a history of murders and a lot of naked Dylan McDermott. And that's the one with Connie Britton, right? Yeah, who hasn't returned? She said she wanted to return for the second season, but she's too busy doing Nashville. Which is surprisingly absent from this list. Yeah. Yes, Sean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're letting us down, Sean. I feel like, I feel like you I'm, see the most things. Yeah, I've got a pretty good spread, I feel like. Yeah. Just doesn't have Nashville. I'll, I'll work on it. Put it in the queue. I've seen two episodes of Broad City. It seems pretty funny. I like it. Kind of reminds me of It's Always Sunny a little bit, um, and at least tonally. It's kind of that raunchy style of humor. But I, I like to think it's sort of relatable, in, you know, that it's two people that are always kind of struggling to make ends meet and just kind of make it in the grittiness of New York. Um, I just love the two characters. They're so funny. And the supporting cast... I mean, they're great too. Hannibal Buress, I'm a big fan. He just, I mean, he he, he always has the same like mode setting, but it's always <laughs> funny. He's a dentist on on here. Also, a character I'm really into on Broad City is Abby, who I guess you could say is the main character. Uh, she has a roommate that you never see, but her roommate's boyfriend is always there, and he's this big fat guy named Bevers, and he's always making requests of her and eating all the snacks i think there's one line in particular that i always find myself quoting if like someone always like if autumn will say like i'm going out do you want anything and then i have to quote bevers to where he goes mm, well while you're out i don't know maybe something sweet hot cookie or surprise me <laughs> and he, <laughs> uh he's he's great that's John Gemberling, right? John yeah. Gemberling, yeah. Is he famous for other things? He's also on Marry Me, which is a show me and Sean like, but not enough to, not on <laughs> to put on our lists. Yeah. That and yeah. Nashville getting the snub. <laughs> I 
I don't have a lot to say about Broad City. You can talk about Marry Me. I don't know if we do do. <laughs> we don't need to. It's the new show from the Happy Endings guy. And uh, I think it'll be okay. I think so. I just like it's working guess, towards being better. I hope so. I feel like just the thing is that like the couple at the center of it, um, Casey Wilson and Ken Marino, I don't know, they still haven't figured out a way to make them funny. Like all the other side characters are really funny. Like you got Tim Meadows and John Gimberling and others that I don't know by name, but uh, I don't know. They got some kinks to work out on that show, but I think it'll be better if it gets the chance to stay on the air. So yeah, hard because it's a comedy on NBC, order. and they have yeah. a scorched earth policy now against comedies. <laughs> so I don't know. Yikes! But yeah, that one not nominated. Uh, but another young comedy is, and that's Brooklyn Nine Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is about cops, but they're funny cops, so you, you don't have to be scared of them like everyone is now after uh, 2014, kind of ruined police for America. That's <laughs> <laughs> one way of looking at it. I guess they're detectives, which are kind of different from street cops. Yeah. Uh... Who's your favorite character, Sean? This is a dumb question. It's obviously other, Andre Brower. Other than Andre Brower, I get Yeah, he's just so great on the show. <laughs> really funny, and it's like he can do like so much with so little. I'm constantly amazed. Like I feel like there's one <laughs> There's one scene where like a a character's asked him a question, he's just like no I can't do that and it just like lingers on him for five seconds without him saying anything more and it's like really funny for some reason and then uh, I don't know the other joke I always think about is when someone just walks into his office and he's eating soup and he's just detect- and he just says detective why have you interrupted me when I'm mid soup it's just <laughs> Think about these weird, succinct line readings that he does. They're just awesome. Why do you think Brooklyn Nine-Nine won Best Comedy at the Golden Globes like a year ago? Like was it the Golden year. Globes? But it wasn't yeah. even nominated this year. What's going on? Are people just not paying attention? Is, is it still as good? I would say it's exactly as good. As yeah, it hasn't there. like drastically improved, but it's it's stayed pretty solid, like really ever since the first few episodes of the show. Do you think the network it's on hurts it at all? I don't. Know. I mean, with award shows, I just feel like <laughs> I just feel like so many TV award shows just like don't know what they're doing at this point. <laughs> I mean, no, but yeah. Like, like maybe because there's so many shows out there that they just like don't know what to, what to point out as being great television, so they just give it all to Modern Family. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if I can give you an answer on that. Well, one. Modern Family wasn't nominated at the Golden Globes either, so I think it's finally. It's rain. That show's still on, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, it'll probably last. 
like 15 <laughs> seasons. <laughs> well, at least it's rain as an award winner has it has fallen. Yeah. To an extent, I think it still won the best comedy Emmy last year. But like Probably. nothing else. Go figure. I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah I guess with Brooklyn Nine Nine, there's just the cast gelled really well early on in the first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe maybe people are really excited about it, like, holy crap, we've got to get on the ground floor on this thing. Um, but then it it hasn't like transcended itself yet. I think so. It's just like the thing where it's. I don't know. It hasn't really tried anything super ambitious with any like big overarching stories the way that Parks and Rec sort of did after it established itself. It's kind of just stayed to this these kind of funny and amusing standalone episodes, but I don't know. Hopefully they'll start trying new things. It's a really negative way to put it. I mean, it's a comedy show that's really funny every every night. Well, I mean, everything I say has a negative connotation. Okay. <laughs> no, I like this show a lot. Maybe I expect too much of it. I don't know. I made my top ten to make your top ten. I know I'll like it when I see it. I, I just, <laughs> I think you will. Haven't got around to it. It's a hard show not to like. Speaking of shows that took a long time to get around to, how about the comeback? Yeah. Um, I mean, people seem to like this show. <laughs> like, even even when it was just a one-season sort of cult show. So I decided to get caught up with it uh, very late into last year and then was able to just catch up with the newest season on HBO uh, as it was ending. And at first, I don't know, I wasn't like that impressed with it because it kind of seemed to be sort of uh, covering the same ground as like a Larry Sanders show or like The Office where it's like a sort of quasi-documentary style show. Well, no, it's not even quasi. It's a full-on documentary style show. Even more so than The Office because, like, the people filming uh, Valerie Cherish, Lisa Kudrow's character, are actually characters in the show themselves. And, uh, I don't know, it's like a show that, I guess, like the Larry Sanders show, will go huge stretches where it's not even trying to get a laugh. It's just like, it's really real. And like the characters are, I don't know, super mad at each other or like, I don't know, just really in very honest and raw places. And that was kind of what this newest season went for even more. And I I don't know. I really, (laughs) really responded to that it it had a storyline that i thought was interesting that i'd never really seen in a tv show or a movie about like filmmaking or show business in general where it's like you know you you get a lot of these movies about movies where an actor wants to be taken seriously like i don't know i guess like top five which came out to this year even but this show went the route where it's like the main character 
actually got some respect through this performance she gave in a TV show that was sort of about her life, but it's like she didn't want it. She just she just wants to be an entertainer that makes people laugh and doesn't want to be taken seriously, and I thought that was interesting. Also, Scott Seth Rogen, a little bit. And Malin Ackerman. Yeah, barely. She's in the first season a lot, and in this newer season, like, twice. I guess I just really lucked out. I like, think the, you the, just the, saw those two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you, you, you kind of caught up on a few episodes that I was watching out in the living room, since we are roommates now. Yeah. It's a weird world we're living in. Speaking of weird worlds, how do you guys feel about that Fargo? About Fargo? Yeah. It wasn't yeah, like you said Chicago. <laughs> okay, Fargo. You know what was weird about Fargo was when I finished it, I was like, you know, since Breaking Bad has ended, this is like the closest I've I've felt to like having another show that's like kind of like Breaking Bad. I don't know if that's hmm. just me. Just because, ha- I mean, it's a show that's got great writing, great characters, uh, is comedic, but also can get incredibly violent and gritty, and then is also very stylistic in how both in how it's shot and how certain scenes are done. One scene I always think back to is there's that episode, I think it's the first one with Key and Peele as those FBI agents, and they're sitting out in the car, and then you see... Billy Bob Thornton go into a building and kill everybody. But you see the whole incident take place from outside the building. That's how it's shot. And I was just like, wow, like, you know, it takes balls for a a show to like, to to do stuff like that, you know, to go against the grain and be like, you know, we're just, we're going to experiment with this. I don't know if it'll work, but it's, it sounds interesting. I haven't seen it in anything before. And I feel like Fargo pulls a lot of stuff like that. And that's what always kept it so exciting. I mean, also like Breaking Bad for me. It's all I never really know where it's going. It's not like predictable in any way. It's you know, no one is safe at any given time. Yeah, I mean, I never really thought about it, but yeah, I guess I did get kind of that same feeling of watching this show as I did with Breaking Bad, where they do kind of just like keep. I don't know. Just... Just like flipping the script on their own show and almost making it seem like they're painting themselves into a corner where it's like, where are they, where could they possibly go with this next? And then they figure out, figure out an interesting way to do it. Yeah. I mean, they'll do stuff like jump a year ahead in the story or just take characters in directions you wouldn't expect them to. And I also think it does a great job of just paying respect to the source material. I think it's, I I really respect that the only time they ever really, at least that I'm aware of, connected it to the movie was when they had that flashback of Oliver Platt finding the suitcase that Steve Buscemi buried on the side of the road near the end of Fargo. You remember that? Oh, yeah. With the money. And like, that's like, that's perfect. Like, I love that that's the only. And what's great on the show is they don't even... If you haven't seen the movie, that makes no sense to you. Like, he just found a suitcase of money one day. I don't know. I, I really like but that. But it, it... I mean, it fits with the character because he's going through, like, a, a 
crisis of faith and that's true he thinks and it's then, an act of god that he finds this money so yeah thematically i mean it, it makes sense um this was definitely a show though where i thought i saw the first episode and i was like you know that was that was pretty good i like that but it wasn't until i really just got sucked into these characters a couple episodes after that that i was like this is actually great like uh they, they everyone's so um layered and there's there's just so much to kind of get engrossed in there great cast yeah I, I feel like most of the characters turn out in a way slightly different from how you would expect them to uh probably the most obvious example being martin freeman turning oh, yeah. out to be one of the most despicable people ever in a tv show um but other like bob odenkirk's character who you think is just this idiot and then you you later you find out more about the way he kind of sees the world uh and i for me i got a ton of respect and sympathy for that character with his uh his last big speech talking about how he just doesn't understand how how the world is anymore uh and my favorite character is molly the sort of francis mcdormand type character uh just hyper confident competent uh police officer putting everything together while everyone else is fucking around which is great and then you know you can't forget billy bob thornton as kind of the anton shigur type character of the show and mm. i think it helps that billy bob thornton is pretty creepy in real life so that really translates <laughs> to the screen So that was that was inspired. I I really hope um, next season the cast can can gel this well. And I don't know if you guys have looked at who they've cast so far, but it looks very promising. Have I you guys seen I that? Don't really know anything well, about it? Well, I I can tell you that it supposedly takes place in the late seventies. I think it's going to follow the younger version of Keith Carradine's character because he's all he was always talking about. There was this thing he saw back in the 70s that was crazy, but you never hear about it. So I think we're going to get that. And Patrick Wilson is the star. <laughs> I bet uh, you're pumped about I'm that. I'm pumped about that. <laughs> uh, second second billing belongs to Ted Danson. Got Gene Smart, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, Nick Offerman, Brad Garrett. It sounds pretty promising. You know, a lot of an eclectic mix of both comedic and dramatic actors. It, it, it yeah it sounds like they know exactly what they're doing and i'm excited because i like the fact that they're just it's, they're starting fresh it's a totally different thing that's really exciting to me i'm all about anthology shows these days i'm in i'm in favor of that yeah i don't know if i am yet <laughs> i have to see how fargo and true detective pans out i don't know i think i'm used to it because of american yeah, horror story but probably. uh because, I mean, it's tough. Because, I mean, one of the advantages usually TV has over to movies is you can really get invested with the characters over a period of time and grow with them. Whereas in an anthology show, you only got that one season to do it. But, I don't know. I just think of them as long movies. So, they still kind of work. So, I'm, I'm excited. I don't know when the season two of Fargo starts. I think it's not till fall. I think it's 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 a whiles off. I guess that would make sense if they like just cast it. I mean, yeah, I didn't hear about most of these casting uh, choices. It, it was about a month ago, so 
unless they're going right into production to get it out, get it ready for March, like when it came out last year. So that's it's it's tough that we gotta wait, but hopefully it's worth the wait. Yeah, who knows? It'll be a whole new show. The other side of that coin. Um, but how about the opposite of that sort of experience? A super dense, plot-driven, can't even miss an episode show like Game of Thrones. Yeah. I had this uh, number one on my top ten pretty much for that one moment at the end of the Viper in the Mountain episode. Yeah. It, it was just the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. And just for that, I was like, oh my god, this has to be number one. Because that was, out of any scene in any TV show this year, it's one that just I kept thinking about. Because it's so scary. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. I don't even remember. The, what, well, I guess we had the, the Wall episode. That was pretty, that was pretty good. That was kind of yeah. like a condensed like Lord of the Rings battle, but actually, I could actually like pay attention to what I was looking at. Uh, and let's not forget that this is also the season that had the Purple Wedding. Oh, yeah, yeah. God, everybody is meeting horrible, horrible ends. <laughs> Calm, we're tiptoeing around this because, you know, someday. I know you're not interested, but... <laughs> I don't know if, if we'll ever... If you're ever it. just, like, trapped in, a, like, a cabin deep in the mountains, and then all there is... Like, is nerds you... are holding you hostage, and you're like, this is the only way we'll <laughs> set you free. And all, yeah, you, all you have is Game of Thrones on Blu-ray. I think you'll appreciate it not being spoiled. Because there's a lot of really, really surprising, shocking moments. This season may have been the most shocking. And those are those are those those moments are worth checking out. Those are just as shocking and, and, and uh, powerful as, as anything on anything another show. I don't know. It's... Uh, I, I just I love this show's ambition. I love this show's uh, scale, scope. It's it's just always exciting to tune into this every week. I don't know when the when's the new season? April. 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 Are are is there any books like left? Aren't they yeah. caught up? Well, I mean, it's weird because the characters' stories are kind of split between the last two books. Right. And they're kind of tapping into that a little bit, so, I mean, who knows what's... I, I don't know. I mean, this was the season that ended one episode with some fucked up shit that would never be in the books because every chapter of the book is told from a specific character's point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one is told from the point of view of a character that uh, doesn't exist. Um, God, I can't explain that in any way without spoiling things. Uh, I don't season... even know what you're talking about. The, the scene that took place in the ice place with, with the with the baby yeah okay I know with the baby about. I think I don't think it's spoiling anything just to talk about that there's these ice walker dudes who are like zombies sort of and they have like some of their own scenes but apparently yeah they don't have scenes in the book so you're like what the fuck does this mean these guys can't even talk they can scream <laughs> What a whole episode that's nothing but screaming weird zombie-like creatures. Maybe that's what that Walking Dead spinoff will be like. You guys hear about that? No, I have not. Ice zombies? Are they no, spinning no. off one of the zombies into his own show? No. It's, it, well, I, I, maybe that wasn't the best uh, 
segue. But um, they're doing a new, like another Walking Dead show about different people. Like I think it's about right when the outbreak happened. But it's like who gives a fuck? Ah, going back to the exciting part. I wish it was just about it was from the zombies' point of view. It'd be like, it'd be a comedy. But yeah, this season of Game of Thrones had that uh, that one battle that kind of blew everyone's minds, uh, to put it lightly. Uh, but there are a bunch of great moments. Um, like, probably the most disturbing sex scene that the series has done so far. Um, Sansa coming into her own a little bit and, and her screwed up little journey. Uh, Arya and the Hound getting teamed up. I love that this show seems to find a great new uh, duo of characters every season now. Uh, like season three was all about good Jamie, God, all these names. Jamie, Jamie and Brienne. Brienne. Are there like yeah. eight thousand characters on there's, this show? Because there's all literally have to die eight thousand characters. Some point. Basically, <laughs> That's what it seems like that is what it's like. Okay. <laughs> It's. I always have to ask Autumn, like, who's that guy? Like, what's he doing? <laughs> it is a little complicated at times, but the. I mean, the personal stories keep me going more than the overall arcing. Um, plot. You know, I mean, like, look. like, like the stories, like just that's just between Arya and the Hound. Like those personal relationships are the ones that I find most interesting. Yeah. The Hound is my favorite character, by the way, even though he's the biggest asshole in the world. Yarp. It's like, this farmer dude is letting us stay with them. Oh, I'm going to punch him in the face and steal all his gold. Yeah. Ah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Speaking of America's favorite comedy, Girls, what's what's going on this last season of that? I don't know. You watched it. Um... So long ago, there was like the one guy, the musician guy. He showed up, and like Marnie was like into him, but he already had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I feel like was that Lucy from Parks and Recreation? I think it might have been. So you uh, know, it was nice to see her having something positive in her life, even though you know it's not going to end well. So. What else was going? Oh, I got this. Um, Adam's bro- uh, sister came in, and it was um. The girl who's in those episodes of Louie, and she's in Transparent now, and she's an obvious child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's all crazy. Yeah, she, like, crushed that glass with her hand. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yep. What was Adam doing, Sean? Uh, well, he was, like, finally just, like, in a relationship with Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, like, acting. He was acting in a big play. Yeah. Like a Broadway play. Which, like, did, had he been an actor before? I remember he did that one-man show. Yeah, it's so hard to ever tell what was going on with that character. <laughs> I just remember he was building lumber construction things in his yeah. loft. Now he's an actor. Yeah. It's just kind of weird that they actually, like, made him into an actual person instead of, like, a weird guy that who knows what he does. So but I was, I was kind of okay with it. I like Adam Driver. He's and, a new Han Solo. Yeah. Presumably. 
like Hannah worked at that uh, magazine for a little while, but then she's like, "This is bullshit." And then she stopped. I don't even think it was that much. I think she was just like, "I don't want to grow up and give up on my dreams." Yeah, I can't handle getting real. But she was all about the snacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I remember this show. Okay, but why do you like it? Why do I like it? Because mm-hmm. it's just I don't know I it's like I find it relatable even though none of these characters are going through anything that is similar to my life but I just sort of like the way Lena Dunham I don't know captures a very specific kind of New York uh, <laughs> way of life. And I don't know. I like the characters. I like that the show is trying to uh, sort of let the characters take chances and fall on their faces and actually sort of like point out, you know, just call them out on their bullshit instead of just making them these incredibly likable characters. I don't know. I don't have a good reason for why I like this show. I just do. I don't know. Was this the season that... Um, is Jemima the character's name? Was that the actress? You know, the weird one? I think that... Yeah, <laughs> the weird one. Jemima Kirk is the actress. Character's name is... Drawing a blank here. Scooter. Scooter. Yeah, you know how like Scooter was going through all that rehab stuff? Was that this last season? Yeah, I think so. That was I, interesting. I think there was that weird dude that came back and was like hanging out with her. Yeah. She had gotten married to that IT crowd guy. Oh yeah, I've heard of that show. Which guy is it? It's the main guy, the one who was in Bridesmaids. Chris O'Dowd. Yeah. Yeah. Can remember Chris O'Dowd? He's a superstar. <laughs> is he? In Europe, maybe. <laughs> He's a superstar to me. It's the superstar status. He's in a lot of movies. Yeah, I feel like he was only in a couple episodes of Girls, though. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. Girls has its occasional superstar. Patrick Wilson was in one episode. How'd that mm-hmm. work out? Pretty well, actually, all things considered. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Speaking of things not working out well, Hannibal Season 2, holy shit. <laughs> things get crazy. Um... At this point, the show had, had totally uh, said goodbye to its police procedural roots. Um, and it just became, how crazy is everybody? And who is going to out-crazy everyone else by killing them all? And to the show's credit, it does end with pretty much everyone lying bleeding out on the floor. 
to the point of no one's really sure what characters are coming back next season because they could all be dead. Or even if the next season will be taking place forward in time from where where they left off. Um, what do you think it'd be like if they were all dead? If they're all dead? Hannibal, well, the new class. Hannibal's not going to be dead. His name's the show. Hey, Sean, has Clarice the... Starling been on the show? Not yet. Because, uh, I mean, I don't know. I haven't watched the second season at all, but I just... It feels like if they ever needed to, they can go ahead as far as the books go and kind of use that as a as a guideline a bit. I've heard that the character called the Tooth Fairy is going to be in the next season. Does oh, that mean I know. To you? Yeah, he, I mean, he's the um, the main bad guy in the first uh, Hannibal book. Okay. Red, Red Dragon. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 cool. He's going to be played by the main dwarf from The Hobbit. Richard ah. Armitage. Except what's confusing is, didn't they already have? They already had the bad guy from the third Hannibal book. Yeah, the they're guy with the gross face. The oh yeah, there's definitely a guy with the gross face. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I think. Boy. Yeah, Michael Pitt doesn't he play him? Yeah, Michael Pitt. Um, yeah, he eats some of his face at one point. Yeah, that's. I remember that character from the books. Um, and they do some other things that I know are like images in that franchise that are famous like they do uh, a body on fire rolling down the street in a wheelchair mm-hmm. uh, and but they they contextualize it in, in a way that's specific to their show i don't think that they're exactly conforming to any sort of canon uh they, they killed off a character that i guess lives much much longer in the actual books and movies uh this season and maybe they killed off a bunch of other people too. <laughs> so it's a hard read. Uh, but the show is so artistic and beautiful while you know depicting just the most disgusting uh, tableaus, to quote that one season of Dexter. <laughs> um, just every, everybody gets ripped apart and put on display. Uh, like I don't, I don't know how they're getting away with this on NBC. I it, it just must be that they don't really care about censoring violence anymore. As long as I mean, they don't I, drop an F-bomb. I F- think it's just that so few people are watching NBC, they don't notice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'd be more upset if they knew what was going on. Maybe. Uh, this I really, really enjoy the show. It was, it was, you know, it's at at the at the time. I guess spring. Uh, this year I couldn't you know I could barely wait between episodes it was uh, as soon as it was one of the few shows I would watch um, live just deal with the commercials so I love it that much and when is the next season I believe it's coming pretty soon Uh, I could ask my good friend Wikipedia you trying to catch up I, well, I, I want to. I, I, I think I've said this before. I own the first season on Blu-ray, yet I have not finished it because the first season, because it is that procedural kind of style, and I see, you know, flickers of, of brilliance in the in that first season, but for the most part, it's kind of dull. Uh, I really want to see the second season, though. It sounds like it's a, it's quite a departure. It sounds right up my alley. So I'm... Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it eventually. 
Yeah, I don't think uh, they have a date yet. Wikipedia just says 2015 for season three. But the last mm-hmm. one was uh, February through May, so maybe around then. It's got Scully. I mean, yeah, I I gotta see it. <laughs> I love I love Julian Anderson. Not Scully for Brooklyn Nine Nine. No, come okay. on, Colin. This show just sounds so gruesome. It's so gruesome, but it's, it's not. Sweet. Re- it's not really what I'm looking for in a TV show. But it's not. He's weird because like maybe I'd like. It's it. not necessarily know. gross out a lot of the time. Like they, it's it's done in a disturbing way, but it's never. Like I don't. I don't have a hard time looking at the screen, even though it's revolting. There's yeah. there's an artistry to the way it's done. Uh, speaking of art, there's an animated show I really like. It's called Legend of Korra. It's over now. It makes me so sad. Uh, easily, easily my favorite show of the last year uh, because they put out two seasons. Uh, so like they're really stacking the deck, uh, including the third season of the show, which I think is the best of of the whole run um this show if i haven't talked to you guys about it before it's about no i don't think you have magical martial arts uh but mainly it's just about relationships and uh, and the power of of women like especially the third the fourth season's all about sisterhood motherhood brotherhood sister act not really like brotherhood was more in the first season okay. like the brothers you're kind of like okay they're they're just doing Brotherhood's more of Sons of Anarchy territory. Yeah. <laughs> I assume. Um, I like what's what's it gonna take to get you guys to watch the show? It's impossible, Absolutely right? Absolutely nothing, yeah. nothing. I will never watch this show. I will watch it someday, Shot. It just I don't know. I mean I I believe you that it's good. Yeah. I just it's hard it's hard to start something that looks like it's for so nerdy and nerdy. Yeah, like nerdy children. I, I would never expect Colin to watch it because you can't get Colin to watch a Game of Thrones. And this is like that, but animated. Like, that has real people in it. I will watch it. I just if it was really convenient, if it was on Netflix, boom. Like I need it to be convenient. I need it to be readily available. Um, if that happens, yeah, I'll check it out. But I'll I'll I'll, I'll try to check it out before that, or if that never happens. But is it a, is it readily available on nick.com? It is. <laughs> Isn't that where you watched that's, it? <laughs> that's that was the story of this season was they at a certain point they're like, look, the people who watch this show are adults who don't care about Nickelodeon, so let's just put this on nick.com. Um I feel like that's got to attest to its quality. You know, that's a good thing then, so. Well, except that meant that the show effectively got no. canceled. Oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> Is it better than The Last Airbender? Uh, probably not. But it's it goes for a different thing. Like, Last Airbender is just jokes and sweet action. And here they're trying to tell a story about... Like, overcoming your... Preconceptions about yourself. And mm-hmm. finding inner strength and stuff like that. Haver, having never seen either show, which one would you recommend first... Core is probably shorter, and so okay, easier. Um, okay, but you would like there are 
you don't have to have seen the last airbender to appreciate Korra, but there are references to characters and events from the the first show mm. that, that kind of pay off but it's, i know that's a bigger commitment and the last airbender is much more of a kid's show than legend of chorus i mean the the main character in last airbender is like 12 and the main character in legend of chorus is like 20 30 38 well, I mean, kind of. There's a, like, the characters are either around twenty, and then there's the other characters who are all their late forties, probably. Would a kid watch a cartoon with forty year old man as the main character? I'm sure Think it's happened. It. How old is SpongeBob really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Lifelong Good question. <laughs> Makes it a lot sadder if he does in his forties. <laughs> Still a fry cook. Did he make up the manager? Yeah. It's almost as depressing as our next show. Yeah, Louis gets depressing sometimes. Um, so- sometimes with episode arcs that you don't think are going to feel depressing. Like that talk show story arc from the season before this. Yeah, I remember watching that with Autumn, and she hadn't really seen Louie, and she's like, is this a drama? This is really sad. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is, like, funny sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I like about it. It's not, it's just like, it's not even like a genre. This is just, like, life. Yeah. You know? With, you know, weird surreal hints, uh, you know here and there weird shit like that crazy hurricane thing yeah a guy running out of the street screaming in his underwear well i loved about that story arc where all the uh over the top uh news cutaways that they did building up <laughs> yeah. to that storm those are really funny i can't quote any of i them, I, re- I remember one of them was like to to repeat the city of miami is gone Two million people and LeBron James are dead. <laughs> Is that like canon now? In yeah, the Louis 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 universe. <laughs> they could never have a LeBron James cameo. But I don't think it was going to happen. But I think the other highlight besides that that. I don't know, six-part story arc. Uh, it was uh, Charles Grodin, right? Okay, sure. <laughs> you just want to go straight to Charles Grodin. As the... I usually do. ...angry doctor that gives <laughs> hard-hitting advice. He wasn't, That's like, exactly angry. What... He was just, like, perpetually annoyed. By the... <laughs> That's Charles Grodin in everything. Yeah. At least in all the Beethoven movies. But what were you going to talk about, Sean? I was going to talk about... I think I know what you are going to talk about. Louis the Movie. The, uh, uh, yeah. The like 90-minute episode they did uh, set in Louis' high school days. Junior high, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the episode that was going to have Philip Seymour Hoffman, but didn't. Because he passed this last year. Um but it was just a totally different thing from anything the show had been before. It was, and like it wasn't that surprising too. At the same time, it's like, 
you just expect Louie to be doing these things, even though, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's a movie on TV. That Jeremy Renner. Yeah, it's a, it's a movie I can't, quality actor. I can't really remember what he what did he do. He was the, the like drug dealer who he was selling those science yeah. scales to. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Obviously, a lot to say about the season of Aloe, but uh, I think it speaks for itself. It's, it's, it speaks for itself. True. Let's go with that. We got so many shows to talk about. I mean, you, you, we say that, but then we don't. We have very little to actually say. About the shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's. I think we can get a full minute out of Mad Men here. Uh, so. This was the first half of the final season. As Colin pointed out, all great shows uh, get to have a two-part final season, like uh, The Sopranos and Battlestar Galactica, and Breaking Bad. That's it, right? So far. Are there any others? Give it time. It's going to happen. For, um... Uh... Blue Bloods. (laughs) What is Mm. that? It's a Tom Selleck show, right? Is that still on? (laughs) (laughs) What is this show? What goes on? In it? It's, it's a it's a cop show. Who cares? <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the first show that came to my mind, and for some reason, is Blue Bloods, which is a show I've never seen that has Tom Selleck as like old police guy. Anyways, Mad Men. I always say Mad Men is the most, in my eyes, is the most consistent show on television because I feel like every season has been just as good as the previous season, and. This one was no exception, and I feel like it could be potentially high on this list if it wasn't for the fact that it was a mini season. I felt kind of screwed over by that. It certainly didn't need to be either. So, what were some of the what were some of the little plot points going on in this in this season? We had the computer, yeah, weird the monolith, and that was great. I mean, right down to the the details of uh, having a scene where two characters' mouths lips were moving, but you didn't even you couldn't hear them, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, was this the season where, uh, oh, what happened to this season? Well, Roger's so you remember daughter was in that cult. Yeah. And he had, he had to go out there. That was kind of interesting. And I remember people were like, is this going to be like, are they, are, they, are they like the Manson family? <laughs> I think we've passed that point. I don't, yeah, think, it's, like... I don't think it could be the Manson family. <laughs> I feel like that was always a popular rumor that the Manson family were going to show up in one season. Not like I see like hey you're like a cameos, but like that was gonna play in somehow. Yeah, I think the rumor was they were going to somehow kill um, Don's wife. Yeah, they're gonna rewrite history <laughs> for some reason. Megan, not yeah, not January Jones, who's barely in the show anymore. Yeah, good riddance. Just want my Don time. <laughs> Just get in the way of your dog. Was this also the season where Don kind of had to work his way, like mm-hmm. back yeah. into the job? Like that was interesting. He was, was so like, yeah. There's that stupid. There's that like old fart who draws that stupid cartoon <laughs> who has his job now. Sweaters all the time. Yeah, that guy sucks. And it's kind of it's kind of interesting watching Don kind of like 
you know, he's got to fight his way like, back. Made to him kind of relatable for like the first time ever, like the ultimate handsome man's man that you like. You wanted to be the whole run of the show, and then you're like, oh, he's just like me. He's just he's just trying to get ahead, but he can't do it. This is fucking old guys taking all his <laughs> projects. Yeah, but then you have to remember that like he's only in this situation because he's like literally been the worst person for nine years. <laughs> it's, it's true. Just like he's still good at his job when he actually does it. Yeah, I mean, when he had to initially start, had to work his way back from the bottom again, Peggy would like tell him to do stuff, and he'd be just like, "Fuck you! I'm gonna sleep in my office and get drunk, <laughs> go to ball games with Bill Murray's brother." Yeah. What was the turning point? I think I think Megan remember? gave him a pep talk. Yeah. Which was too bad because their marriage was totally falling apart. Someone gave him a pep talk. Right. Someone gave him a pet. It's too bad. I, what, you see, that's the problem with this show. Maybe, maybe. It's all. It's all, It's a long time ago. We have to remember, and there wasn't that many episodes. That's for sure. Such a I feel like short... that makes it harder to remember because it was. It was a long time ago over a very short period of time. Yeah, it's like a month and a half. <laughs> Back in like March. And I assume that's when it's coming back again around that kind of mid-spring, March to May, or maybe April to May, or maybe just May. <laughs> and that'll be the end. Yeah. And that's that's going to be tough. We're all going to be sad men. And I'm afraid, too. I'm really afraid because I've always said this show's really consistent, but I, I feel like I've heard people say that Matthew Weiner has always had an ending in mind, and people have said you should maybe you should change that. And he's like, "No, this is how it's going to end." And that scares yeah. me that he has should because that's what <laughs> how I met your mother did. They always had an ending in mind, and it was not a good ending. It was an ending that only would have worked. The creator's ending. Yeah, if there had been like two seasons of How I Met Your Mother, that ending would have worked. But there hadn't been. There had been like fifty-two seasons of How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Shows change over time, and you gotta gotta adapt. Now, for me, the two ways Mad Men should not end. Okay. One, it should not end with Don jumping off of a building like at the beginning of the show. <laughs> I feel like that'd be pretty cool. It'd be cool, but it also be the, like oh, the music just... starts playing. <laughs> sitting on a couch in heaven. <laughs> That's that's the first well, way so it shouldn't end. For, second... If it was going to do that, then the last episode would have to be so depressing because it would be him, like, his, like everything in his life falling apart to the point where he doesn't want to live anymore. That's assuming he, he jumps. Together, like I guess a big insurance thing for his like he leaves, he's going to leave a bunch of money to his kids after he's dead. <laughs> there you go. So it's like a happy ending. It's the only way, but not okay. at all. That's way one. It should not end. Number two flashing into the future which i'm very afraid could happen like we go to the 80s or something and all the characters in old age makeup that's always terrible does that ever work out i mean i know parks and rec is kind of pulling a mini version of that and we'll talk about that in a minute or so but i i i'm really afraid that that could just come off as laughable but it seems possible 
Fingers crossed. Didn't, didn't the version of that me and Sean wrote of the Mad Men finale end in the future? I think so. I feel like it was Star Trek related somehow. Oh, yeah. It was. Okay. I don't remember the specifics. Neither do I. Mm. I just remember it ended, or our ending ended that, like, yeah, everyone's life just, like, sucks. But, like, Ken Cosgrove is, like, the one guy who's, his, things turn out all right for because someone, like, reads one of his short stories and was in the New Yorker. And they're like, you know, I'd like to have you write a book about your days on Madison Avenue. And then he does. And then we cut to the future and he's reading the book to his kids. <laughs> And he's like, and that's why they were bad men. But I guess they were, they're all aboard the Starship Enterprise or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to space. <laughs> why would kids want their dad to read them a book about advertising executives? <laughs> I guess he wrote it. Because he wrote it, sure. I mean, they're so bored on that spaceship to listen to anything. Mm-hmm. He's got like a Geordie LaForge visor. I mean, yeah, he's got that eye thing, so... He would. In the future, they'd, they'd fix that up. <laughs> yep. Makes sense. And it's like, these were the voyages of Sterling Cooper Draper Price. Yeah, let's not have that happen. <laughs> Maybe it'll end with another song and dance number, like uh, Burt Cooper's Farewell. Yeah. I would be fine with that. So it'd be very peculiar. We'll meet again. Was it really that song? The same song that everyone? No, it was not that song. And that's that's my version. That's Don Draper. There's some other song. If you guys are looking for a little more uh, Sally Draper action, she plays one of the characters on Legend of Korra. Legend of Korra. I don't know if I'd ever want more Sally Draper action. (laughs) It's a weird thing to to want. Well, she fights, but I, I. But it's nice to know there's a connection. John Michael Higgins, J.K. Simmons, future Oscar winner, J.K. Simmons. You know it. Let's talk about a show that I've been looking for a segue or connection to, but it just failed in every. Here's a show that had time. an award ceremony in it. There you go, Nathan. For you. What was the award ceremony? I I believe it was. Are you actually? I don't know. Are you referring to the uh, film festival? The film festival in which he awarded oh, himself yeah. best picture at the like South Central Los Angeles film festival. I mean, it was the web up against a man who can make himself <laughs> fart on command. <laughs> that was my favorite episode. And I wrote about that on the blog. Great. You know, another episode was this the. Uh, season that had the episode where he was going to try to get people to not cut in line mm-hmm. at that at Pink's Hot Dogs. Yeah. And there's that guy that did. And then he put together this elaborate plan to take him out on a boat. And I feel like they did it through like illustrations. You, he showed his plan and he was going to like blow up the boat and the guy was going to be like eaten alive by sharks. <laughs> it was this crazy elaborate plan. And uh they didn't, didn't quite do that. But what I did love is it just built to this incredibly awkward encounter. And that's kind of the brilliance of this show is those moments where it's like they just push what, you know, 
is is comfortable to watch you know these so- social experiments that are just so cringy but so funny at the same time I've heard the show is really hard for the crew to shoot because they just can't stop laughing all the time. <laughs> and of course, the season also had dumb Starbucks. I mean, that this show is making like a difference <laughs> in a way, you know. It's making its mark, you know. It's saying things. Like, that's pretty amazing. I'm kind of disappointed that I haven't heard anything like going on like nationally right now because that makes me think they don't have anything as big next year so you know lightning doesn't always strike twice in the same place i don't know i mean if i'm being honest that episode wasn't even really one of my favorites of the season i just more enjoyed i mean it's just kind of impressive though you know yeah it's all about but yeah there's a lot of great moments yeah and he comes back (laughs) all the time like there's that party he throws for like the one other person and the only way he knows to entertain them is by having Bill Gates like just be Bill Gates it doesn't even seem like that guy really knows what he's talking or about even looks like him remotely. <laughs> he doesn't and he's always getting them uh, I also love that uh, Santa guy that he always brings back I think was this a season where he brought him uh, to try to push this this toy on kids mm-hmm. and saying and but their their like campaign was just like it's not for either babies. you have this or you're a baby like do you want this no well then you're a baby yeah <laughs> like just saying that right to a kid's face oh and it also had didn't he try to do start that reality show with that security guard who's just like obsessed with like large breasts. Yep. Yeah, like that's his whole. That was their whole angle. He just gets distracted, <laughs> and they're like, they're like pitching it. They have a pilot and everything. I don't know how they can put this stuff together. Like these, I mean, not only the creative, but it seems like it take a lot of money. Like these, they really go all out. Uh-huh. It's almost a shame more people aren't watching. I don't know. Actually, I don't know the viewership. Maybe it's doing great. <laughs> eh, it's not that great. It's like less than a million per episode. Mm. That's a shame. Because it kind of reminds me... I've always compared it kind of to Sasha Baron Cohen and, and Borat and stuff. I mean, it's a little different, obviously. But it's putting someone into real-life situations and then kind of just seeing what happens. And I think because of that it'll as, as long and as long as they keep like uh putting together great like schemes and you know everything it'll it'll never lose its its oomph i, I mean nathan's never going to get famous enough to, for people to be like what's going on here who's this guy and the premise can just go on forever so there's endless possibility i love there's that one episode where he's working with the like taxi driver uh and they were going to give free rides to to pregnant women but that meant that they oh, had God. to also like equip it to d- be able to deliver babies if it came down to it and it was such a total disaster but the the guy who owned the cab company was like really into the idea and it was the only time where nathan like had to kind of talk the guy down after, after a certain point he's like like he believed yeah. in it more than he's like nathan this isn't did. working <laughs> yeah Jeez. 
I look forward to more hijinks this year. Is that a summer show? Because I didn't watch it when it was on. It was this year. I don't remember when the first season aired. Yes, I look forward to more hijinks this year. Just like from those crazy roommates in New Girl. Yeah. Are you caught up with the with the new almost. girl, Sean? Being close. I'm almost, I'm almost caught up to the okay. episodes we actually have on the TiVo. So have you started watching mm-hmm. the newest season? Okay. You like it? So far. Yeah. I just remember thinking the, the, the first season, or whatever, this latest season, I feel like they like actually figured out all of the characters <laughs> like it took them a while but i feel like like they're really gelling as a really like smooth and just like really funny just team of actors i don't know so i guess especially having damon waynes jr in there has, has helped sort of renew the energy of of this cast too and yeah i, I also like that they kind of have made the show less about sort of relationships and stuff like the last season kind of was more about and now it's just it is more about hijinks which I think the show's pulling off pretty well I I don't remember the season as well because Sean has been watching like the first couple seasons and those are like way more clear in my mind now because of that well, in the episodes I've seen so far, uh, Winnie the Bish is in Police Academy, and I don't really know what Coach is doing. I guess presumably he's still teaching at the school. Yeah, and Jess is like trying to just start something up again, because she's still recovering from the breakup. And Nick's kind of just mm-hmm. confused. Uh, same for Cece. I don't think the show's ever really figured out Cece. At least, I don't know. I'm still like eight episodes back or whatever. Yeah, I mean that that's probably true. They haven't figured her out, but I don't really, I don't really care. <laughs> I don't think she's there's already that one woman in the cast. Do we really need to? So the the, the Zoe Deschanel <laughs> thing, which is always very uh, prohibitive about the show. It's oh, I I assume it's the reason like no one else has watched it besides me until very late this the year. The adorable thing I would say they show got over pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like not even that far into the first season, they were like, whatever, let's, let's stop doing this. I don't even know what the adorable thing was. Like I know that was like the slogan for the show, and it's. Like advertisements in its first season, but they never actually say the word adorable. Uh, it's just this idea that she's like adorable and not not like a person. She's just this a bunch of adorable reactions. But she's also Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing. Okay. Um, but they they figured out to just make her part of the cast, and uh, they make fun of her for singing a lot, which I appreciate. Like, I thought that she'd be singing all the time, because the first episode I saw was that Prince episode, 
which ends with her on stage singing along with Prince, and it's like not done like it's a joke. It's just like cool. Look, she's singing with Prince. But then now I now I understand what's going on. It's not just like a plug for Zoe Deschanel's various careers. She's actually just like a plug for being funny. Oh, indeed. Uh, some other funny ladies are on Orange Is the New Black, although they're not always being asked to be funny. Sometimes it's deadly dangerous. Deadly dangerous, like V. Like She's the show V, not... I guess. No, With like aliens? the character V. <laughs> She's a new addition this season. I. She's kind of. I think that was a mistake. What? Because how so? <laughs> The thing I enjoyed about Orange of the New Black is that the, every character was complex. There wasn't anyone who was a straight-up villain until V came along. And then it's like, well, okay, we can, I guess we'll all just hate her. Because she's just fucking everything up and hates everybody. I mean, it keeps it fresh if every season's a little different. They can kind of rally. I mean, because it kind of divided, uh, you know, everyone. Mm-hmm. It's true. So that was, I think, an interesting conflict. Plus, how that whole thing was resolved was actually very satisfying. In like the last five minutes of the last episode of that season, that was pretty great. I also love the attention um, on characters that previously we didn't get a lot of time with. Like, uh, it's gonna be tro- It's gonna be hard remembering characters' names, but I'm referring to the cancer woman, the Russian lady, or whatever. The- ethnicity she is i've never been sure it's like this person that you think is just one of the kind of more minor characters on the show and then like hey wait she's a great actress and they kind of give her her own her own like plot thread like it just shows you that hey there's someone even people in the background of the show are actually really good actors and there's uh so many stories you can tell with each of them they still haven't even done a uh, flashback for everybody yet i don't think there's still some there's still some to uh, to do. We don't really know the origin of, of Boo yet. Well, I think it's like the most despicable character on the show. Boo? Um. Yeah, the big fat lesbian lady. Yeah, but she, you think she's the most despicable character on the show? Maybe not. Maybe that's the wrong word. She's gross and crass and really mean and hard to like. But I don't know. She's still appealing somehow as a character. Also, wasn't this uh, where we found out, like, got more background on, what's her name, Lorna, and how she was always talking about getting getting married? Oh, yeah. But then we found out that yep, she's, that she's basically time. insane. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that was, like, sad and, like, mind-blowing. Because it's like, oh, my God, she's, like, the most insane person in there. That's like a Lost episode. They, like, totally changed everything <laughs> about that character. Everything you thought you knew about the character is a lie. <laughs> and uh on this season started really interesting because it had chapman was like at another facility yeah mm-hmm. yeah it had uh, alex getting out right what a jerk how could she do that and jason biggs is off doing shit he should not be doing yeah what a jerk another how could he do that No. Everybody's losing it. 
But I, I mean, I love the cast. That's that's like my favorite thing about the show. It's my favorite. My, I think my favorite cast on a TV show right now. And it's so huge too, and everyone's so good. So there's always so many stories to tell. Yeah, I guess my question is, how long has it been? Because it sure feels like Chapman would have been in prison for a year by now. I don't. I don't feel like it's it's felt that long. I mean that that baby hasn't been born. And I mean it. It certainly didn't help with her like practically like beating what's her face to death. Pensatucky. Yeah. That whole encounter. I mean, it's definitely one of those shows where it's kind of tricky that it's, since it's a prison show, you're like, how long should the character stay in prison? Ideally, the show should only go like four seasons, but you know, people are gonna want more. It's 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 tough. It 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 faces a tough road, so it it could potentially go downhill if it's not careful, because like. You know, you you could be six seasons in. It's like she's still in prison. Get out of there! What are you doing? <laughs> uh, so I hope they don't run into that problem. But I think I think right now they're doing a good job of uh, of making the audience, you know, accept that Chapman is still in prison. At least I feel that way. So I'm good with it for now. Maybe later it'll be tricky. I guess we'll just have to wait for the next season. I don't know when that is. June maybe. Seems like a early summer show if i recall yeah i think so um i'm trying to remember house of cards was was house of cards january last year it's february this year catch up on house cards huh i gotta catch up all these internet shows (laughs) i'm gonna start referring to them like i'm an old man he's out of touch these damn internet shows is that one of them uh we have another internet show to talk about but before we get to that um, let's talk about the most TV show of them all, Parks and Recreation. I guess we're just, in this context, just referring to the last half of last season. I mean, it's always tricky with those shows that kind of start in, like, September and then overlap into the next year. So mm-hmm. I think we're doing, I'd say we're doing as much as we can remember. <laughs> I just don't remember that much. I remember the music festival. Yeah. Which is great, you know. Jeff Tweedy. Jeff Tweedy in his, like, what was it? His band. It's like Land Ho or something. That sounds right. We also got, maybe maybe we got some more Johnny Karate. I can't remember. Chris Pratt. I, I just remember like, the that's how that they got. started with Johnny Karate. Because that's how they got Jeff Tweedy to play. Because like his son was like a huge fan of Johnny Karate. <laughs> of course, they got Genuine to perform Pony. That's great. Um, so the, I, they went to England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what happened. Andy lost a bunch of weight by just stopping drinking beer. Was this this? Yeah, but that episode might have aired in twenty thirteen. <laughs> It, okay. I don't know. <laughs> We're only talking about half of a season. Only t- that was a while. Was ago. this the season where Adam Scott had that job at that other place, too, with all the nerds? And the cones of Dunshire. Co- cones like, of yeah, 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 yeah. Cones right. of Dunshire. He, he challenged yeah, them to cones of Dunshire, good. and then that came back in the time skip at the end of the season. 
or right before the time skip. They're like, by the way, we copyrighted this, and it's like the most popular board game in the world. <laughs> Let's talk about the time skip. How do you guys feel about the time skip? I think it's actually the vibe I'm getting, having seen the first couple episodes of the new season now, is that um, they're like the show has ended, and now they're doing like an epilogue. Mm, yeah, I, kinda, I haven't actually watched them yet. You can it. talk about them, but um, I forgot that it started. <laughs> um, I don't want to let go, so I'm going to hold on to it for as long as I can. They're doing a story arc, which, like everyone knows how it's going to go, uh, where it's like Leslie and Ron had a, had a falling out, and so they're not friends anymore. Now they're bitter enemies. Uh, but even in the second episode, they're working together again, so I, I don't believe it will go on too long. And I don't even know why they're wasting our time when the like central friendship of the show is those two. Clearly, they're going to get back together. I'll be very surprised if they do not find a way to be friends again. Um, so this, but yeah, this season just yeah. I was just saying, it's just, it's just like bonus features for the fans, yeah, it's, right? it's like letting you see how these characters turned out uh, with, the, with the way the show sort of ended earlier this year. Like, uh, you know, when a TV show ends, it's usually like, this part of the story is done, and, you know, they're going to go on to new things. You can kind of imagine what it's like, and in this case, it's actually like, well, you don't have to even imagine, we'll just show you. Like the the last season ended with Tom opens his restaurant and it looks like it maybe it'll be okay and now it's the time skip and Tom's a successful uh, restaurant mogul or like Andy got a TV show is that gonna work out time skip yeah it worked out pretty good it does kind of bug me though in shows when time skips ahead and everything works out perfectly I guess that's why they just kind of pulled that and it was horrible <laughs> but that also had holograms in it. Well, this sort of has holograms. Everyone's got, like, clear phone devices with holograms that kind of come off of them. It's pretty much got holograms. <laughs> what a great blurb for a show. <laughs> Parks and Rec, it's the pretty... final season. It's pretty much got holograms. <laughs> um... But yeah, I, I mean, with Parks and Rec, this is a show that has been kind of coasting on just the fact that uh, everybody loves these characters and wants everything to work out for them. So I'm pretty okay with them going down that that route for its extremely shortened final season. Um, and I was happy watching Leslie move on to her next step. I guess that was her story arc in the last season was that she got impeached and she was like, what do I do now? And she got this sweet new uh, National Parks job. And John Hamm showed up and got fired. But he was in the first episode of this yeah, new Yeah, but season. he was still had been fired. I don't think he's coming back. You don't think he'll show up again? <laughs> he got his one funny line in. That's all he needs. All right. John Ham's just never going to get his chance to be on a comedy. Yeah, he's just going to show up as a funny idiot. Especially. 
Uh, speaking of funny idiots, review is about um, a sort of. I guess it would be called a reality show. I don't know uh, if it was done for real, uh, but it's it's a show starring Andy Daly, where he plays um, Forrest McNeil, who hosts this program where he reviews life experiences, um, which can be, can be anything from being a racist to going into space um and what's fantastic about the show is on top of these over-the-top adventures that he goes on they also weave in an overarching narrative about how the show is ruining his life how every single review he does has terrible consequences for him personally And it, it just it makes me laugh more than anything else I saw this last year. Yeah, I don't know if it made me, I don't know if it made me laugh that much, but I just yeah, I loved the inventiveness of the show and where it was willing to take itself. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> amazed that they could make him eating uh, 30 pancakes like both the funniest and saddest thing in the world and there, you know, there's lots of awesome moments like that I, t- to me it was going to space that was I was laughing so hard that was really funny too <laughs> there's, a, there's a great dead body gag that uh yeah needs to be seen to be believed you check this one out at all john yeah i can't remember how far i got and then i got distracted by something it was good it was always good it's coming Let back me look it up real quick i'm gonna see how far i got they're, they're gonna make another season of this show which i think is it's gonna be interesting as far as i know it's just the same characters so not quite sure how it's going to work out, but... Uh, Man, I only got to episode four. Pretty thrilled. Only five more to go. Didn't quite get to the space. No, it's the next one. But I got to celebrity yeah. slash being Batman. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one where he has to go to, like, what is it, like a custody hearing? Or not a custody, it's, it's something like like some no, appointment it with is, lawyers it is. his wife. He's, he's trying to get custody of his yeah. son. And he's dressed like Batman. <laughs> Because he had already reviewed getting divorced, so he had to, in real life, divorce his wife, who was his only friend, the only person he cared about. And yeah. uh, he tries being a vigilante, and he he really hates it uh, in his Batman costume, but then he has to go to the uh, that hearing, which goes horribly for him because he shows up in a Batman costume. And then, and then he's able to find some of the joy being a vigilante. Uh, it's actually a pretty interesting look into Batman's psyche if you if you want to go that way but I want to go to Rick and Morty land where all the Rick and Morty episodes that will ever be are playing for me so I may watch them and laugh and laugh and then I'll get a little disturbed by some things that show is incredibly disturbing I love Rick and Morty. I wish I'd remembered. It probably would have been at least my number eight 
on my top 10. Um, it's hilarious. It's great, like, sci-fi concepts, too. The ideas are usually pretty clever. Uh, one, one I was just thinking about when you said disturbing was that time when Morty got to pick the adventure and they kind of went to that fantasy land that was kind of like a play on Jack and the Beanstalk. Uh-huh. And there's that one scene where they go into that kind of tavern and Morty meets some guy named Mr. Jellybean in the bathroom and then Mr. Jellybean like tries to like rape him mm-hmm. and it's not played for comedy. Mm-hmm. It's played like incredibly dark. It's a harrowing And experience. it's like... It's, like, incredibly disturbing. And just the fact that this show could go there. Like, this is an animated <laughs> comedy, and it has, like, one of the most disturbing sexual assault scenes I've ever seen in anything. And it's worth mentioning so, that he's called Mr. Jellybean because he's a giant jellybean. <laughs> yeah, he's also, he's like, oh, Mr. Jellybean. <laughs> and, of course, Sean, you've talked about a couple of times the Rixty Minutes episode. So good. Which is basically just an improvised cartoon. Like, it's... They have access to all these different TV shows and commercials from different, uh, like, universes and and dimensions. And they're all just, like, all over the place. Like, they don't make any sense. What what are some of them, if we can remember? I mean, there's there's Gazorpazorpfeld, who's, like, a weird alien version of Garfield. And he just, like, is, like, yelling at his owner. And, but it, it's like everything he's yelling at his owner feels like so inarticulate. He's like, "Shut up, you stupid, you white, white, white guilt!" Like it just seems like it's someone just trying to like off the top of their head come up with a bunch of insults. And he's like, "Where's my damn enchilada?" Like that's his lasagna, I guess. And there's like that commercial or that commercial with that guy who's like ants, ants in his eyes, Johnson. Ants in his eyes, Johnson. There's another thing where it's a guy. What's that commercial? Uh, there's a salesman. He's selling something. Where it just follows kind of him. Door. Like the commercial ends and he just like walks yeah, off the like set. Yeah, he's like doing a commercial for something. He walks off the set and then he's in like in a, in a car on the freeway. And they're like, is is this still the sh- commercial? This the, We're just like following him. Like it's still going. Like driving in traffic and stuff. And then like at the very end, like he's back in his house and the commercial starts up again. He's like, this is the commercial the whole time? Uh, Two Brothers is the one I mentioned in my yeah. my post, which is them just making up a movie trailer about, you know, it's basically pitching tents. Yeah. They basically yeah. a concept. There's two, two, two brothers, and they got guns, and then, and then aliens come. And at the end, they like give it this really long title, like, well, no, no, it, it, it's just, it's just Two Brothers. It's, it's called Two Brothers. And you can hear like laughing, like they were just rattling it off the top of their head. Um, but even when it's not doing stuff like that, I'd say it's like fairly well-crafted sci-fi with really raunchy humor over it. Yeah, there's a you know a few a few moments that I think are are really complex and interesting, uh, like when Morty gives uh, a little pep talk to his sister. Is that in Rixty Minutes uh, about how he had to? come and kill the alternate dimension version of himself and take over his life uh maybe i do like that that's canon like that there's a point where they like i don't know if we're talking about the same thing anymore but they fuck up the world so badly yeah they fuck up the world so badly that they have to just go to another dimension and kill their versions of themselves in that dimension and there's like another episode where they like show their graves out there. So it's like this is that you know it's canon that they are 
they had to kill their of the other versions of themselves and that they're buried in the backyard. Really, the only thing that bums me out about the show is that Rick is constantly drooling and burping, and it's just grossing me out. I'm not... It's not adding anything for me. <laughs> yeah. That's always gross. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's it's a little much, but... It, I'd still recommend the show. I feel like you get you get past that enough to enjoy the adventures they have. I like and Chris Parnell really comes through in his character. Like I know it's animated, but I just feel like that's Chris Parnell. Mm-hmm. He's he's of course Morty's dad. And there's there's one great episode where they have these creatures called <laughs> Meeseeks, and what they do is they they help you with like a random task, and then they just disappear. They don't exist anymore after they help you with something. And Chris Parnell wants a Meeseeks to help him like improve his golf game, but it can't do it. And he gets a whole bunch of them, and they're trying to help him, and they're going like insane because they're not supposed to live longer than like ten minutes, and they're just trying to tell him how to improve his golf game. He's like, "I'll do it later. I'll do it later." And that's a great episode. And everyone's misusing them too, like um, Sarah Chalk, who plays Morty's mom, gets a Mister Meeseeks to to like help her, like understand her life. Like she has like a super complex question mr meeseeks has no trouble but fucking chris parnell can't take a stroke off his golf game speaking of uh rich people activities what did you think of (laughs) this season of silicon valley i am a big fan i i think i've been saying i think i've been saying that it's my favorite piece of satire on tv because i love it's jabs at the modern day tech world like how I, I think I heard like an interview with Mike Judge I think it was on NPR where he's just talking about there's always these groups of these guys who have like this app or this program that they say is going to change the world and make it a better place and there's always at least one Indian guy and it's and I, he, I know he has a background in software so I know he's used that uh, in the show too and it just feels really relevant because I feel like there's all these guys out there talking about their apps and how their apps are going to change the world. And I love the recurring joke of they're always running into people like, hey, I have an app. And it's always like the worst one. I wish I could think of some off the top of my head. Like you could find your car in a, I don't know, in a parking lot. It was just, it's, it's just funny to see all those crazy guys. Uh, what else? What else? Peter Gregory was great. No more. Sadly, the actress passed, but he had some great moments as this eccentric, kind of kind of Steve Jobs-like millionaire who would always be deep in thought and then come to some crazy conclusion, and he's just a genius. But uh, that character is just played perfectly. Um, I'm also a big fan of... Oh, what's his name? The guy who played Gabe on The Office. Zach Woods. Zach Woods. Of course, there's that great episode where he gets... Uh, trapped on that <laughs> island of robots. Because <laughs> he's driving like that self-driving car. Yeah. That he ends up on a ship. Uh, and he's trapped in that out. car for three weeks as it sails that island. Yeah. And when he comes back, he never quite recovers from that for the rest of the season. He's basically <laughs> insane. And I, I remember that builds to one of my favorite moments where he's just trying to think of any kind of idea uh and he's going around like everywhere just like asking random people 
It's like, what if there was an app where I could know where your kid is at any time of the day, <laughs> anywhere? <laughs> that was great. Uh, yeah, I, li- I like the characters. I mean, I feel like there's... It, I was worried at this show that there's kind of a lot of characters to keep... I, I just like It seems like you could combine two or cut one of them, but I don't know. I, they all have their moments, so I like all those guys. Martin Starr, Kamal Gianni. This is the first time I've ever really liked T.J. Miller in anything. He's usually too annoying and too much of a douche, but I, I feel like here it works enough. Yeah. It just plays into, you know the insanity of that world that like his pitches are kind of effective from time to time yeah uh and i loved watching him beat up children in that one episode oh yeah and also get that graffiti artist to design their logo that great mural of him <laughs> like butt fucking kumel Nagiani as like a native american <laughs> While he's given the thumbs up <laughs> as the Statue of Liberty. I think I just described it pretty aptly. Are you guys worried about this show, though, from here on out? Or do you think it'll stay the course? Because I don't know. With Peter Gregory gone, it's definitely got to be different. I mean, they did the last bit. few episodes without him, and that was okay. That's true. That's true. I feel like they definitely got to kill him off in the show though or something they can't just keep saying he's not here because we all know you know the reason he's not there so hopefully they find a creative uh, uh, route to take with that I don't know I mean do they have to kill him off can't they just be like well he put I think they should kill him off I mean it could be like he could die from some mysterious disease Steve Steve Jobs died you know you, it, it you know you could tie it into that <laughs> Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, sad. I don't know. <laughs> speaking of segue, how about transparent? I should have went speaking with sad because transparent's pretty sad, actually. I, I mentioned in my little blurb on the blog that it won Best Comedy at the Golden Globes, but it's really more of just like a drama that has hints of humor. That, that seems to be happening nowadays. Yeah. Is it a half hour? At it's least? a half hour. Okay, I think that's basically the qu- <laughs> the qualifications for being a comedy yeah. nowadays. You just have to be a half hour, whether you are actually a comedy or not. Right. I mean, that's one of the great things about it's so easy to binge watch. You can finish the show in two days if you get into it. And this is a show where Jeffrey Tambor is kind of the patriarch of this uh, family. He's got three adult children, and he's just coming out to them that he's been a woman trapped in a man's body for his whole life and adopts this new persona and is going all these meetings and trying to sell their family house so that it can, you know, just try to throw his past behind and, and move ahead. And the kids have a lot of trouble dealing with that. But they also have, like, their own, their own demons. Let's see, you have... Uh, the oldest daughter is Miss Samsky from A Serious Man, that uh-huh. that next door neighbor who's topless. I don't know if you guys seen the show at all. I know who the cast Not, is. You know who the cast Not is, yeah. And the oldest daughter, she's like in her forties and married to Rob Hubel, uh, who's never really funny on the show. He's just kind of there. Um, 
but she's she starts like a relationship with another woman who she originally had a relationship with so she's has that problem and then the son is jay duplis the other duplis the other duplis and he's i think i don't know what he he's like a music producer something with music and he's trying to bang every chick but he can't build a meaningful relationship <laughs> if you can imagine the other duplis rather being a player he's but he's such an asshole he's like the worst and the youngest daughter just she can't and she's the friend from obvious child mm-hmm. with the thick eyebrows we were talking about her earlier. she's yeah. in girls really yeah. she's pretty good and she's just having trouble like getting a job and moving out you know kind of just stuck making that transition to adulthood so they're all in a bit of a transition yeah, I mean, I, I was saying in my in my review, if anything, these characters are having the most trouble kind of coming to their, who they are. Like, Jeffrey Tambor knows um, who he is, or I guess who she is. And um, the, the characters just have great chemistry with each other. It's interesting, sometimes they do uh, flashbacks to when Jeffrey Tambor's character first decided uh, to make this, uh, or made, came to this realization and like first connected with other transgender type people, like uh, in some of these flashbacks, Bradley Whitford is another person who <laughs> nice. dresses up. Like, but but it's it's kind of interesting. I don't want to spoil anything, so I won't. But uh, I'll just say that he's in flashbacks with the Jeffrey Tambor character, and that's kind of an interesting dynamic. Um, I feel like there's one episode that's mostly all in the 70s even. Or is it the 80s? I can't remember. But it kind of follows this family through all sorts of points in time. So, where's is the, is the mother dead? The mother's there too. Um, she's not in the show as much, but she's very funny, Judith Light. Um, I mean, she's divorced. Uh, they've been divorced for a while. Her and Jeffrey mm. Tambor's character. She's just kind of like a cynical Jewish lady, you know, uh, because they're a Jewish family. She's very funny. She's mostly played for comedic relief. But yeah. Uh, I think you just it's just one of those shows where you just get into the characters and their lives and you want to see where they end up with and that's the selling point. Uh, and somehow it became really popular with like I feel like in a, such a short time frame. I don't know. At least that's how I felt. There's so many Jeffrey Tambor fans in the world. Just flock to whatever know. he does. <laughs> Everything he touches turns to gold, except for three south. Sadly. Sadly. Yeah, I feel like I could enjoy this show, even though, like, the, the premise of the show was, like, an idea that I had personally oh, yeah. for, like, a pilot. I'd be like, yeah, that'd be interesting, a show about a, a family in which the father is making a transition to being transgender. But at the same time, I was like, I am not qualified to write this story at all. I mean, because I don't know about that. Yeah, world. I mean, the creator of the show, Jill Soloway, this happened to her. This is what her dad did. Yeah. So she, you know, and transparent, if you didn't put it together, trans as in transgender, parent as in parent, put it together. Pretty clever, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't have come up with that good of a title. <laughs> Would you have just gone with trans dad? would have called it. <laughs> yep. Or dude trans looks like daddy. a lady. Something oh, that's like terrible. that. That's really bad. <laughs> dude is a lady. Bosom daddies. Yeah. Bosom daddies. A lot of people are saying the show, you know, could be potent. It could be really important because you know it could shed light 
on transgender issues. I have heard some complaints, though, at the same time, like, oh, they should have got a transgender actor to star in it, or the fact that the family's pretty well off when most transgender people are usually poor. So it's not perfect, but I feel like its heart is definitely in the right place. Seems so. like a weird stereotype. Tran- transgender person can't be wealthy? I don't know. I mean, I, I, that seems to be a common complaint for some reason. I don't know. Well, and, but I think the show does a... Well, and, and he's just starting his transition, right? So... What? I don't know. People always just want to find reasons to nitpick. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the way things I are. I mean, especially when a show tries to take on an issue that is controversial to many. That hasn't really been seen before. No. They're just like, it's not the way it really is. But, you know, at least it's on... Internet well, TV. TV. Internet TV and it's punk rock albums. At least it's on internet TV. It's a lot better than the other Amazon show that I attempted to watch. Mozart in the Jungle. Alpha House. With, who's in that? Gil Garcia Bernal? That show I did not like. Just saying, don't watch that show. Is it actually about Mozart? No, it's about like the lives of people in like a New York orchestra. And uh, Gil Garcia Bernal is like the conductor. But he seems young for a conductor. So it's not about Mozart or a jungle. No, the jungle's the city. Hmm. Yeah, but I don't like it. It's very, yeah. it's very niche. I feel like only you, you only appreciate it if you're like some douchey band, like classical music geek. I was like, fuck this, and I didn't, I only gave because we me and Autumn watched this and and that uh, transparent and that the same night to like let's check out some of these free Amazon shows because the first episode is always free. And we're like, fuck this show. But watch Transparent. Finish it in a weekend. Yeah, I'll, I'll get around to it. Definitely sounds good. She's like, I'll get around to finishing True Detective. Probably not, though. You should. It's not that many episodes. I know, it's just... I don't know, I guess I have to think of cop shows. Yeah, I feel like that is a big thing for you because you can't even get into the wire because it's a cop show. I don't know why I'm not interested in what cops do. Seems like a pretty interesting line of work. Put their lives on the line every day. I feel like my problem with you don't even with True Detective was that at least for me I feel like only the only exciting things would happen like right at the end or right at the beginning and then just uh, the whole middle would be everyone just kind of kind of kind of pissed or something. It's funny because it's like the exact opposite of that because the most exciting part of the show is right in the middle. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm, I, I was talking about talking each about. episode. Yeah, I, I think Colin's speaking like just in general to the the narrative of the whole show because it kind of builds up to a certain point where they stop telling the story and start living the story. And I would say that part's kind of disappointing Especially because this was, uh, like, somehow this show out of nowhere became incredibly popular. Uh, and there was so much fun speculation going on about what True Detective was going to turn out to be about. Like, I was beginning to be convinced that Cthulhu was going to be a part of the final episodes of True Detective. Um, just because of all these weird surreal touches that they add on uh, early on. 
which is really just designed to make you feel uneasy about uh, Matthew McConaughey's character, Rust. Uh, but it, it doesn't really turn out that way. It's just like kind of a, an amalgam of different serial killer traits in this one dude. But I feel like the last scene of the show saved it. It's pretty good. Um, so True Detective, if you have not been following this at all, is about um, these two detectives who are being interviewed separately in 2007 talking about a case that happened in 1997. Are those years right? I, I think that sounds right. <laughs> seems a little too tidy that they're 10 Well, years I think apart, it was 1992 we'll and 1997 where the, t- the two years they're flashing back to. And then, and then it was okay. set in 2007. Because it was like the beginning of their partnership and then kind of the, when their partnership started falling apart. Partnership is a weird one. Well, they were detective partners. They weren't like lovers. You don't think they should have called the show Partnership? <laughs> True, True partnership. partners. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that'll be the next one with... Um... God, who's in it? Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of people are saying it should be ladies detectives for the next one. Maybe. I see Rick Springfield's in the cast. Ooh. Like, really? I assume it's a minor part. I think the, what, what I do like about True Detective is I, I was tired of so many cop shows being in the city, and it was kind of nice seeing it in more of a rural setting because that was something I hadn't really seen. Uh-huh. And it sounds like this new season is like small town in California or something. Oh, extent, really? So. I thought they were all going to be around Louisiana. Huh. I, I, that's not what I'm reading right now, at wow. least. Season will take place in California, but will exclude Los Angeles in favor of lesser-known region of the state. And is expected to premiere summer 2015. Anyway, the show is just about the dynamic between these two characters. Um, so Matthew McConaughey's Rust, who's a super good detective, uh, but he's really dark and cynical, and he spends all his time just kind of pontificating about the nature of the universe um and his partner uh woody harrelson marty right i think that was his right. name even though at the same time I'm like are you sure you're not thinking of another woody, <laughs> woody harrelson character that was named marty um, martin he was a he's like a you know presents himself as just like oh, i'm just a regular cop like a tough guy um but he's you know he's the guy with with the family and uh, he's just trying to just trying to do his job but uh you know he, he's got his own um problems that the show exposes and um I, you know the interesting thing about the show on top of those performances is that it's also like one writer and one director doing the whole thing like uh i don't nick I cannot remember his name, but the the guy who wrote the series, I think, is an is a an author of novels. Um, so yeah, he's legit. That's a strange attempt to say his name. This weren't even like close to words. I believe there is an M at the beginning and Z's in it at some point. 
I'm seeing Nick uh, Pizzolato. Pizzolato. M's or P's, whatever. They're all pretty close to the alphabet. (laughs) Uh, And the director's name is... It's like a... Kind of like a Japanese-y last name. Kerry Fukunaga. Yeah. I'm reading it. I can't even say it. (laughs) Uh, And it's, it's... They... You know... It's... It's... Probably their crowning achievement is at the end of one episode, there's a long tracking shot through this uh, suburb where uh, a bunch of violence erupts as uh, as, a, as a Rust is trying to escape uh, with a guy he's trying to arrest. That's uh, just incredibly thrilling to watch. One of the best sequences on TV all year. Oh, yeah. Interesting emphasis on that. <laughs> We've been doing this for a while. The last uh, show I want to talk about, the last show that made it onto anyone's list was Veep. It is a comedy about the vice president. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who is just one of my favorite people. I, I've been watching her basically my whole life on TV. Uh, I don't think that's true. There was a gap when she was doing the new adventures of old it's Christine. True. You weren't watching that. When she guest starred in Arrested Development, I saw that. I remember okay. I tuned into those episodes because, like, oh, really, Julia? I'm on a first name basis with her. You're first name <laughs> basis. Look, I can't argue with that. She's great. I've only watched the first season of this show, though, so. Uh, it gets better. It know. gets better and better and Does better. It? I can believe it. Uh, I like it so far. I like how they say the F word. In the creative oh, ways, yeah. you're you're gonna get to one episode where the phrase "the axis of dicks," which is so good to hear that in context. Um, this third season uh, involves some campaigning, which you know is just like the ultimate thing for this show to poke fun at because it's. I mean, every single episode is like ostensibly about a serious issue, like abortion or uh gun control uh but it's it's just these characters be like i don't care whatever i personally believe i'm just gonna do whatever makes me more electable um the ensemble cast keeps expanding just a little bit they've added uh kevin dunn and gary cole now as as full-time regulars uh, on top of all the other funny people that the show's had like that tall guy who shows up and stuff now he was an inherent vice. Yeah, and uh, the interview, along Which with tall guy. I've seen Randall Park, uh, the FBI tall guy, inherent vice. No, I don't remember that guy being. He's tall. not a very remarkable looking person. But he's okay. really tall, and they make fun of him for being tall a lot. All right. <laughs> Randall Park played uh, Kim Jong Un. Mm-hmm. Also. Asian Jim in that one episode of The Office. Yeah. <laughs> He's in. Um, it's a really funny show that I think finally this year. I mean, to me, it's never seemed as big a deal because it was always like, well, now that Game of Thrones is over, I guess I'll watch Veep. Uh, but this season, I was really looking forward to it. So I finally, finally cracked my list. 
Okay, so let's do the actual hard part now. Oh, that was a struggle, man. <laughs> what gets bumped? Does Broad City get bumped? I guess. I'm just going to go out and live in a suit and girls gets bumped. Okay. I'm just bumping. Oh, we didn't talk about Wahlburgers. Have you watched much of it? <laughs> I feel like there's usually a joke submission at the end. No, I haven't. But it looks great, doesn't it? I probably watched like 30 seconds of it once. I mean, I the derpiest like, looking of the, the, the Wahlburgers has a burger place. Wahlburgers? How come that wasn't just a straight up sitcom? I'm laughing already. <laughs> Right, so I I'll th- check it out. I'll catch up for next season. Okay, what do we got? Uh, we have next. 13 left. Yeah, so I think I bumped everything that only one of us watched, and also Broad City and Girls, because only one of us is passionate about those. Is there any um, other obvious bumps? Uh, do we need Parks and Rec? It's good. It's pretty hard when it's just half of last season half of a season we barely remember yeah we can take it off even though I don't know it almost seems like tradition to put it in our top 10 but I bet it does, it'll have a chance of making it next year if we even remember it <laughs> I hope we remember it I hope it's good enough so close I don't know. There's stuff on here I haven't seen, so I don't know. You, you yeah, tell me. The, the stuff I haven't seen, I feel like you guys really liked. Which I guess is basically just Game of Thrones and Rick and Morty. That's true. I really like those shows. Yeah. You guys were geeking out about them. Hardcore. Yeah, I know. I'm so sorry, listeners. So sorry. Not, I'm not sorry to you, Colin. You just gotta deal. No, you're never sorry to me for anything. You just gotta deal. What's that? You want me to bump New Girl? I don't. Don't. You could do it, I guess, if you want to. I don't know. I like it. I feel like we went pretty negative on Brooklyn Nine Nine. I kind of do too, even though I always enjoy watching that show. It's just like. Cops gotta do some <laughs> some questionable shit. Like, I feel like there should at least be some sort of moral dilemma at at some point in that show. But it's like, seems like they're always having a good time. Okay, so if I bump Brooklyn Nine Nine, that leaves us at eleven. Mm-hmm. Alright, I'll just read you I'll just read you the list again. You tell me which one sounds weird in this list. Fargo, Game of Thrones, Louie, Mad Men, Nathan for You, New Girl, Orange is the New Black, Review, Rick and Morty, Silicon Valley, True Detective. Are you guys that passionate about True Detective? 
think so. It was pretty high on both of our lists. It was on your list? Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay, I forgot. My, my number six. Oh, man. Sean's like, I think it was even higher. I think it's my number four. Yeah. I mean, if you really want it, you can take New Girl off. Do it. I guess the other thing about Mad Men is it was on all our lists, but it wasn't that high on any of them because <laughs> we were like, yeah, this was good, but fucking splitting it up into two pieces is bullshit. How about, like, you're making a good point, but also let me throw this out there. We still make the case that only one of us has seen New Girl because I have only seen the first few episodes of this season. So, yeah. like, we could we could still like give it that respectful. It's good, but uh, it's not group good yet. <laughs> That's how you want to justify it. Justified Go was ahead. a show that was on TV. Remember that? Yeah, it was like just above mildly pleasing but like not quite good enough for this show so we so we talked about it on neither yeah all right so my number ones and and my number two are already off uh (laughs) my number two is still there yeah i've taken some heavy casualties and my number one my my top three are all on there I'm telling you, if you if you guys had seen Transparent, I bet that would still be in contention. Yeah, probably. We're yeah. past that point. Okay. Um, geez. So this is 10, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're looking at number 10. Should right it now. be Mad Men? Uh, Mad Men, yeah. Okay. And then, I don't know, maybe Silicon Valley. I think it was only on my list yeah that's what i was gonna say next and then i don't know mm. Mm. how did you feel about orange is the new black this year colin i know it took you a forever to watch it yeah, it did. Like everyone else, like marathoned it in a uh, weekend, and it took me like three months. Cause like, <laughs> I don't know, we'll everything on the show just like happens at such a slow pace. I like never felt like just dying to know what happened next. So I was just like, well, I guess I'll watch it. I was fine with it. It was just like, I don't know. I was never in love with it. Mm. That was like my go-to. I gotta eat dinner, and I'm gonna watch this show with my dinner. <laughs> Usually spaghetti. I, f- I feel like I ate lunch more when I was watching Orange Is the New Black. That's a good. That's a good move. I mean, I watched Weeds when I ate lunch, so I make. I get that. So, put in a number eight. Yeah. Eight. All right. Seven more to go. Things are getting serious at this point. Yeah, they are. Um, 
trying to consult old lists so I can see what everyone else did to help me order it. Do, 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 do. Well, I can tell you the only show left on this list that wasn't on my list was uh, Nathan for You. Let's deal with that, Sean. I don't know. I guess I just didn't. I don't know. I really like it. You could put Game of Thrones next. Just because Colin is so resolute in his desire to never watch it. That and... um, Sean, you're not allowed to argue against it because it's your number seven on your actual list. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Just for the sake of progress, I'm fine with it being there. Was it your number one? Yeah, but I get why it's no one else's number one or that high, you know? Because I'm basically talking about how I was just so, like, blown away by one episode. I mean, there's other great episodes, but there's one moment in particular. I'm going to take this time to remind everyone that our lists, like, we watch a lot of shows, or at least I do. There are a lot of shows I really loved this year that didn't even get an honorable mention. Like, uh, like that 24, Die Another Day, whatever it was called. <laughs> die not Another Day. Wasn't it just, wasn't it just Live, Live Another, another day. day? Yeah, that's it. Live Another Day. Hey, Sean, what's your photo on, for your, your, your top 10 TV shows uh, used as still from something? What is that from? That'd be Cosmos, Space Time Odyssey. <laughs> Would you include that as a honorable mention show? I, I think I put that as an honorable mention. That did was such you? a maybe you did a cool you uh, did experiment that they did, and I love that they're thinking about doing a second season because that was not the original plan. But you know me, I love that CG space stuff, and I love Neil deGrasse Tyson. So I was eating that up. Gobble 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 gobble. I mean, with Rick and Morty, there is always the thing that only two of us saw it. Yeah. And also, it was only, like, what, number eight on Sean's? Okay, Rick and Morty's pretty good. I mean, Nathan, for you, couldn't even crack that list. It just shows you how special it is. Nothing wrong with sixth place. <laughs> Not in a field like this. Okay, so we also have Fargo, Louie, Nathan for you, Review, and... Okay, so True Detective would probably be next, right? Because John didn't finish it. I guess I could put Review lower. Because John didn't finish it? <laughs> I guess. So it comes down... It's, it's not... <laughs> It's not, yeah, it's not that far off from True Detective in the John hasn't seen as much of it. Okay, well, department. I've already decided that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've already decided on my personal list that I like True Detective more than Review, so I'm happy to put it higher up. I, th- I think so. Did I? So. 
Okay. That makes more sense. So we're looking at a, at a top three that features in some order Fargo, Louie, and Nathan for you. And if I'm being this honest, my, that's the right order. This is my top three. What was your order? Uh, Nathan for you at number three, Louie at number two, and Fargo at number one. Works for me. All right, look at that. Wasn't so bad. Well, I don't know. Two and a half hours later. <laughs> yeah. Do you think our good friend Matt will make it to listening to this episode? I don't think he's ever listened to an episode, <laughs> whether he was on it or not. That seems harsh. okay and on that bizarre note our uh, top 10 tv shows of 2014 are mad men silicon valley orange is the new black game of thrones rick and morty at number five it's review and true detective nathan for you louie and our favorite I mean, we're not saying it's the best, but definitely our favorite TV show of 2014 is Fargo. Like, who saw that coming? It's based on a movie. That's crazy. Speaking of movies, um, the big one is next week. Top 10 movies of the year. Uh, we're going to try our best. Uh, the Oscar nominations are, came out this week, and those were terrible. So, you know, if you're looking for a real list of recommendations... I would recommend heading over to mildlyplease.com where you will have, I'm going to say, three to four days of lists as well as this podcast to look forward to. Uh, I'm assuming Michael will be participating in that. Should we try to get him on uh, T3 as well? I only want it if there isn't weird static sounds punishing my brain. (laughs) I can't do it. That's the case. So we're just going to talk smack about all our co-hosts the end of this episode i mean it's not that's nothing about him they're gonna make it it's it's just his audio situation (laughs) yeah who knows at least the three of us will be there so keep it clicked to mildlypleased.com and subscribed on itunes to the podcast feed called mildly pleased stream police coming at you live but recorded uh pretty soon Uh, I think that's it. I think that's everything we do. We have a Facebook page, email address, t3 at mildlyplease.com. Let's <laughs> forget about the email address. Just if you want to get in touch. What the hell's the point? Just play, keep man. it cash. Keep it on the DL. And I'll see you guys next week. Get up, get up, get up, get up.